Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, worship team. Great job. Great job. Uh, If we have not had a chance to meet yet, my name is Tony, and my wife and I are privileged to be the lead pastors here at Legacy, and we want to welcome you this morning. Uh, Before we jump into today's message, I just felt, I don't know if you know this, but the the Spirit of the Lord is here this morning. I don't know if you can feel it, sense it, recognize it, and I want to be sensitive to that. And um, In fact, the first service, if you were here for first service, it went a little long because I almost started preaching a whole different message um, because God was just burning something on my heart. And and I just, I want to share it with you this morning as well. And that's this. um, I, I just want you to walk away today knowing God's faithful. I want you to know God is faithful and he is good and he can only do good. And can I, can I tell you that I recognize that the holiday season at times, for a lot of people, it's a, it's a time of celebration, right? And we don't want to minimize that. I mean, I'll tell you what, I put up my Christmas lights as early as, I, as my wife allowed me to this year, which is the earliest in 15 years of marriage ever, mainly because I didn't ask for permission. I just asked for forgiveness later on. But, and so I, I love it, but, but for some of you, here's what I'm aware of, is for some of you this year, maybe in particular, is, is maybe a difficult year. Holidays are maybe bringing some things, maybe there's some broken relationship, maybe you're going through loss, maybe it's just different for you. Maybe you made some big life choices that have kind of made you uh, have to step away from some people. I, I don't know where it is. Can I just tell you that I just, I felt so strongly to tell you this morning, God is faithful. And he is good and he is with you. You are not alone. Come on, come on. I, I wish you would just get this in your heart this morning that you would believe you are not alone. He is not going to ever forsake you. Uh, even as I was reflecting this last week and just the goodness of God, man, he's faithful to pull us out of pits that we dig for ourselves sometimes, right? He's faithful to, to pull us out of pits that people push us into. Uh, life circumstances, man, life can be tough. And I recognize this year's probably been a tough year for a lot of people in many different ways. And can I just tell you, God is with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't in my notes, and, and I don't have anything else to say other than God is with you. Okay? You're not alone, my friend. You are not alone. You might feel like you might be surrounded by things, but I'm telling you, His arms are wrapped around you. And... and, and and, and the loudest voice in your life should be the voice of the living God. Okay, there's a lot of things right now that are going to try to talk to you and speak to you and, and get your attention. And you got to fight to hear, not for your right to party, but you got to fight. Come on, BC boys. You got to fight. It's okay to laugh at that in church. You got to fight for the loudest voice in your life. I offended some of you with that, but. I'm going to redeem myself by telling you the loudest voice has got to be the voice of God in your life, my friend. Do you believe that? Is that for somebody today? I don't know if you walked in here weak this morning. I don't know if you walked in here with hope or without hope. I just felt strongly, and I just got to be obedient to the word of the Lord. And like I told you first service, I almost threw away my notes and started just preaching on the goodness and faithfulness of God. 
And don't tempt me because I, some of you, you might be happy that I throw away my notes because we're talking on money today. Like we did last week. Some of you are courageous and brave enough to have shown up after last week. And I commend you for it. Uh, but man, even as we do look at this, this conversation this morning on this idea of, of money and generosity, um, I just want you to look at it through the lens of God is faithful. Yeah. And he's never going to let you down. Yeah. Um, he, you got to hear this. He's going to supply every need you have according yes, to his riches and glory. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And you need relationships. I'll tell you, he will bring the right relationships yes, at the right time. Yes. Yes, he does. I'll tell you, you, you need healing. He, he's going he's gonna to bring that healing to your heart. Can I just... Mm. Some people are going to try to rush your healing, whether it's from some, a wound or something. And, and God doesn't rush that process. God's gentle with you. He's merciful with you. Some people are like, move on already. And God's going, I'm still dealing with you. So he's going to be faithful, okay, my friends? I, I don't know. I hope this lands. I hope this isn't just me uh, coming off of a week of vacation. But uh, I'll tell you what. God, I'm more convinced than ever. God is faithful. So would you open up your Bibles to the book of Luke? Today, we are going to... Uh, continue and end our series that I began last week. Two-week series. I'll tell you what. I told you last week, you got to listen up because we weren't going to miss any words and we weren't going to waste any time. And, and we're talking about this idea that God would challenge you and I to reprioritize our lives so that he is first and he gets our best. Yeah. And so would you stand for the reading of the God's word this morning? We're going to look in the book of Luke chapter 12. We're going to start at verse 15 through 21. We're going to jump around, but it's a good day to be in church in the house of God. Come on. Then he said, this is Jesus speaking. Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Can I tell you, some of you came in here today and that's all you need to hear today. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, oh, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build myself bigger ones. Then I will have more room, room enough to store all, come on, my wheat and other goods. Are you sensing the selfishness? Yeah. And I'll sit back and say to myself, you got no one else to talk to or what, bro? <laughs> My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now, take it easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray your word speaks to us and it wouldn't hold us. I pray, Jesus, reveal yourself to us. We know, God, that when we see you, when we experience you, our lives are never the same. And so I pray even now, God, no matter where we're at on our journey of faith, would you meet us? Would you speak to us? Would you reveal to us? Help us have open hearts, listening ears, and and ready and steady hands to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may take a seat. Uh, 
If you did a traditional Thanksgiving dinner this week, would you raise your hand? Okay, if you are kind of a rebel like myself and my wife and you did something completely different, raise your hand. Come on, some of you are brave enough to do something completely different. But there's one thing we all have in common. We probably all cooked more than enough, right? And when you cook more than what you eat, you've got this magical thing sitting in your fridge called leftovers, right? And in, and in my home, growing up as a, as a Latino in a, in a Hispanic household, uh, uh, leftovers were not placed in leftover nice containers like you people buy on Amazon with the nice lids. No, no, no. Your mom took the old tub of margarine and she would put the leftovers in there. And so when you went to go butter your bread, you thought you were getting butter, but come on, help me out. It was some frijoles and arroz. That's rice and beans. Yeah, you know? And, and so, so, and what happens even to this day in, in my mom's house, my dad's house, is I'll go and visit them. And, and about once a year, we have to clean out my mom's fridge because she didn't want to throw it away because she didn't want to waste it. Well, a year later, we're throwing it away because she wasted it, right? And so you can do one of two things with leftovers, right? You can let them go to waste, or if you're smart, man, how many of you know leftovers taste even better the day later? Why? And if some of you disagree, there's still hope for you, okay? Why? Because it sits in its juices, right? It sits in its seasoning. You got to let that thing simmer a little bit. Right, and so then the next day you break out the hash and you throw some turkey on there, and then you, man, you crack an egg over the top of anything, and it tastes good. Come on, somebody, right? And so, but here's here's what I'm getting at with leftovers: is unlike food, giving God our leftovers is never satisfying. And though we may be able to redeem food through leftovers, can I tell you when it comes? To our relationship with God, giving him our leftovers is not good for our spiritual walk. And as we talk about this very subject today that I believe is near and dear to the heart of God, has to do with our wallet and our money, our time, our, our resources, the gifts that he's given to us and resourced us with. I believe that he wants to not just be first and get our best when it comes to our money, but I, I believe he wants the first and the best of everything in our lives. Yeah. Yes. And here's what I've heard oftentimes, too often, is well, Pastor, you don't understand. By, by the time I've gone to work, fed my kids, cleaned my house, I, I got nothing to give to God. And the common theme that I hear is that you've actually got it backwards. It's by the time I have, and they list off, I no longer have. And God's trying to shift our perspective through this series, I believe, to go, no, no, no. You don't give me what you've got left over. Yeah. Will you reprioritize and reorder your life so that I am first? Yeah. So that I come first? Yeah. You know, last week we talked about this idea, and I, I don't want to re-preach last week's message, but if you weren't here, I want to just quickly give you a recap. Also, 
I know you're a human, and if I forgot what I preached on six days ago and need notes to remind myself, you need some reminders of what I preached on six days ago, right? And, and, and so if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to hop on YouTube or, or our podcast or whatever, catch up. But, but the, the main theme that we kind of walked away with was this, is God wants to move us from uh, this mentality of we've got bags with holes in them and move us into a cup that overflows mentality, right? Yeah. But what happens is... If we fall into the wrong cycle, into the wrong order, we, we've got this, 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 this thing that takes place, and that's God provides, and if we're out of order, we immediately go and we consume, right? We talked about this last week, and the graphic will magically appear behind the screen in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There it is. And, and so what happens is when God provides, we, we consume first, and then we run out, and then we fear and if you're anything like Tony, you freak out a little bit. And as a result, you live with a closed, clutched fist. And I got to take control. But th this is the world's way. God wants to move us into his way, yeah. which is if I come first and you give me the best, then that means I provide. Now, instead of we consume, we what we give. And here's how God's economy works is when we give, he actually multiplies. It's incredible. And so when he multiplies, then our faith is built. Our trust in him is something that is now carrying us and allows us to live open-handedly. Yeah, and, and how many of you know that people that live with an open hand live with some kind of freedom that is uncomparable? Yeah. Right? So God would, would want you and I to go from a closed fist and a bag with holes mentality to an open-handed kind of living that goes, I've got a cup that overflows and therefore I'm going to live according to God's order, not the world's order. Right. Amen. Here's what I want you to hear this morning in the midst of many of the things that we're going to talk about today as we talk about this idea that there is in fact a killer for your scarcity and greed mindset. And that is this. I believe God is calling each and every one of us from being simple bystanders and watchers of what he is doing in this world to being active partners in the building of his kingdom. You see, you and I, and I think for far too long, too many Sunday weekend attenders are, excuse me for saying this, butts in seats. And we, and we produce great weekend attendance of people that stand back and watch as God does his thing. And God would invite you today. Will you join in on the amazing journey of partnering with me through your time, through your giftings, through your resources, and watch me build something that I will build together with you. Yes. Perhaps you're here today and you've already been like, Tony, yeah, I, I already do partner with the Lord, uh, maybe today what you need to hear is where will you grow? Where will you grow deeper in this? Why will you go from glory to glory in this journey? Maybe you're here today and you're going, man, I'm actually relatively new to this faith thing. Or maybe I'm even new to Legacy Church. And can I just tell you, today's message and last week's message is not to coerce you or manipulate you into anything. In fact, today's message, I hope, would begin to bring a conviction in you to go, what would you have me do, God? 
and that you would begin to get giddy about this. You know, it's often times in the church world that we want to sway away from what we label as hard topics, and money is one of those. But I don't believe this is a hard topic. This is a pleasurable topic in the heart of God because there is an excitement when he comes and he allows you and I to partner with him. And so, if, by the way, I'm not even into my first three points because I've got a pre-sermon to preach you before I preach my real sermon. <laughs> but, you know, we, we at Legacy, we talk about how there's five values that drive us, and one of those is uncommon generosity. If you've been around here, you've, you've heard that. It's on the wall. You know, it's in the lobby. And why uncommon generosity? Well, sadly, the common theme nowadays is actually selfishness instead of generosity. Yeah. Right. I mean, the reality is this, is you and I are about to enter into a season, if we haven't already, come on, Black Friday shoppers, where the world's going to tell you to consume, where the world's pressuring you into you get something else for you and you consume and you do you. And if we aren't careful, that's how we relate to church as well, where we show up. And we have an attitude where we go, hear me on this. I'm not even preaching yet, but I'm preaching. Yeah. What will the staff do for me today? Yeah. Right? When we show up to church, you go, how will the worship team make me feel all the feels today? Right. Or if we're not careful, we show up to church. What's the kids ministry going to do for my children today? Wow. Right. And God wants to move us out of an inward focused life. To be an outward focused. And we are not to be called. We are not called to hoard and store up treasures where moth and rust will destroy them. Just as Jesus teaches on the Sermon on the Mount. But we are to be a people. Hear me on church. That are, hear me church. That are called to an uncommon generosity. That our lives would reflect that everything we have is his yes. therefore we get to share it with yes. everyone else yes. come on i'm going to tell you here today right off the bat we will not shy away from who we are even as last week we talked about how paul the man that wrote over half of the new testament is is blessed to go and share the news of the gospel with the gentiles by the way those are the non-jewish people at the time and, and, and Peter and John and James go, hey, hey, the, the forefathers at the time go, hey, you can go and share with the Gentiles under one condition. You teach them. We're generous. Yeah, right. In other words, this is who we are. Yes. And so I want to talk to you about the killer of scarcity and greed. And it's my good friend called generosity. First thing we've got to understand about the killer of scarcity and greed is this, is that everything belongs to him. Yes. Everything belongs to God. It all belongs to him. Come on, would you be a little old school charismatic and turn to your neighbor and say, it ain't yours. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, it ain't yours. Now pull out your phone and put it in selfie mode. And what are you going to say? It ain't yours. Luke 12, 17 to 19 says, he said to himself, I want you to pay attention to the selfishness that's going on in this passage. What should I do? I don't have room for all my 
Then he said, oh, I know, I'll tear down my barns and I'll build myself bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all, say it with me, my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored up away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And isn't that the mentality of the world? It's amazing to me how a scripture, a parable that was written hundreds, thousands of years ago is relatable to today. Right? Like we, we hear this all the time, right? Like tonight we're going to eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die. Right? And we actually even glorify it. We write songs about it, right? Tonight we are young, so let's take and set this world on fire. We will burn brighter. Then the right, right. We 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 almost glorify. Some of you are looking at me like I only listen to Christian radio, Pastor. Well, bless you. But we live in this culture, and and can you sense the selfishness in this passage, where this man's perspective is all I got is mine. And can I tell you, if you don't get ownership right, you'll never get generosity right. If you and I don't get that the word is clear that all things are for him, by him, and through him, then we're going to get ownership wrong. And we think, just as the world teaches us, this is my job. This is my paycheck. These are my kids, and we even talk to God from a responsibility, quote-unquote, kind of perspective. God, don't you know this is my children and their future? Almost as if he's going, no, 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 wait, those are my children that I entrusted yeah. you with. Yeah, so when it comes to this idea of generosity, can I, can I tell you that I recognize that in this world, in this day and age, it is an unpopular opinion to say, Nothing belongs to you. Now, I am not at all belittling the hard work that you go out and do. But I am maximizing and I am lifting up and I am edifying the fact that the hard work you go out and do every day, well, the strength to do that was gifted to you by God. The wisdom you needed was given to you by God. The health you needed to get up this morning, the breath you took was a gift from God. And if we don't recognize that all things begin with God, come on, we look at the garden. It began in Genesis, yeah. right? Where Jesus goes, where God, excuse me, goes, hey, I created all this. And he doesn't go, take it. He goes, steward it. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't go, hey, it's all yours. He goes, hey, take care of it. Right. And from the start, if we don't get it right, we will never be able to kill this thing called greed inside of us. Some of you right now are wanting to check out because you're going, Tony, you're accusing me of being greedy. Come on, if you have blood in your veins, bones underneath that skin, and a heartbeat that's beating right now, you got some human-given greed in your heart. Because that is our innate nature. It's going to be about me, you, me, and I. And, and, and you know this, right? You and I know this, that we were born with a selfish nature. And if you don't believe me, just put a 
two-year-old with another two-year-old into a room alone. And the only words you're going to hear within minutes or seconds is going to be, right, you know this, my, my, you know, and, and here's the deal, that's actually not very cute, by the way, but you want to know what's even less cute? Full-grown adults. And, and I'm going to tell you, I, I usually, I would want to like go in really hard on this point, but I'm just going to gently tell you. Um, you and I relating to God with a mind mentality is a dangerous line to walk. The problem with greed is that greed tells you that everything you have is yours. You see, this man had a skewed image of ownership and understanding and perspective that he understood that everything he got was earned by him, not God-given, not God-provided. But you and I must understand that everything we have is God-given. And if it's given by God, hear me on this church, then it is given with a purpose. And if it is, there's a purpose there, then there's also a perspective that nothing he gives us is too little or too small for him to do whatever he wants to do with it. Right. Yeah. And so we read about this man who, who decided to build bigger barns. And you might be going, well, Tony, I'm not a farmer. I don't have wheat and I don't have barns. But you know what we do have in 2023 Meridian, Idaho? Every corner is a storage unit. We got three car garages that we can't park our three vehicles in. And if that's not enough, we got carports on the side of the house now. I'm going to let that simmer. But scripture is filled with the truth that God owns everything. And we are simply called to steward everything he owns. I, I, I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to trust instead of control. Are you willing to steward instead of spend? Are you willing to live open-handedly instead of close-fisted? Are you willing to release instead of being anxious about what's to come? I didn't say this last service, but I just feel like I need to say this this morning. Jesus teaches on this subject of anxiety, which is a hot topic nowadays. Everyone seems to have anxiety. I'm not downplaying that, but it's like what everyone wants to talk about. And I, by the way, my, I, like, I see a counselor, I'm in therapy, like this is all good stuff, good resources. But man, we are chasing an answer for anxiety that's been in the Bible from day one. Where Jesus goes, hey, and in the context of anxiety, he's talking to his disciples about worrying about what's to come in their resources. Yes. Okay. Verse 22, 21. Um, I told you I was going to jump around a little bit today. Is that okay? And I might have some prophetic moments in the middle of it. I'm just going to warn you right now. So, uh, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth. But not have a rich relationship with God. Can I tell you there's an invitation here. Not a, not a strong army. There's not a, you better open up your wallet. 
There's not a, don't you see, I'm God and I'm in control and these are my things. No, there is an invitation that God is making to go, you want to have a deep relationship with me? I'm going to invite you to trust me. I'm going to invite you to walk with me. I'm going to invite you to journey with a God, hear me, that loves you, that cares about you, that wants the best for you, that won't leave you hanging, come on, that's going to be faithful through it all. I'm talking about there's an invitation for you to go, you are your, you are mine, and I am yours. And it's not a forceful taking, but it's a humble surrender and a humble trust in our maker. Yes. I got to say this to some people today. I love you and I understand God's gifted you. Maybe some of you, God's gifted you to make money, marketplace, etc., etc. But can I tell you, do not take the credit for writing the checks when God's the one that says, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the provider. And so, and can I also talk to the other spectrum, the end of the spectrum where you're going, I got nothing. I got little. I got, do not despise what God has given you. Okay. Because you're not writing the checks. He is. But what do we do sometimes? If we're honest, we hold on tight. What do we do? We, we try to take matters into our own hands at times. Can we be honest about that? Yeah. Speaking of Genesis, I've got a great friend of mine, uh, Tom Weiss, who's come and preached here before. Right? His, we tease him because one of his, one of his go-to lines is, he, anytime he's preaching, he goes, so what do we do? And he goes, we sow fig leaves. And because this is what we do. In, in Genesis, is when they realize they were out of control and they messed up, they're like, I'm going to take matters in my own hands. So they started to sow fig leaves to cover up. And you know, we've been doing that since the beginning of time, and we do that in every area of our lives if we are not careful. We take matter in our own hands. We take matters in our own hands. We begin to sew fig leaves together. But what is the answer to this thing called greed? Well, I'm glad that you asked because that's my second point today, and that is this. Generosity is the antidote. I'm going to say it to you plainly. Generosity will kill your greed. Greed cannot coexist where there is a generous heart. I'm going to take it one step further. Generosity will kill your greed and your scarcity mindset. Yeah, that's Can I talk to you about scarcity mindset for a second? We actually disguise scarcity as like a good thing. We're just being frugal. But in reality, it's a trust issue for a lot of us. And if it's a trust issue, it's actually deep down inside a greed issue. It's, I got to hoard because I'll never actually have enough provided for me. And so our default isn't to go, God, you've provided for me, so I'm going to just release it and trust that since you're the one that provided to begin with, you'll always provide. I go, no, no, no. And I'm not saying be irresponsible, but I'm saying be responsible starting with the word of God. Where I recognize that when I live in a scarcity mindset, I may disguise it as something good, but in reality it goes deeper than that. And it's an issue of will I trust that when I release, he will multiply. I know that in a 
charismatic church, when you guys are this quiet, I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> but generosity is the antidote. But the problem is that greed is that it tries to lie to you and me and tell you that money is power. And if we buy into the lie that money is power, hear me, hear me carefully on this church, then money becomes our God. And some of you might be going, hey, no, I, I don't outright, like, and I'm not saying you outright say, verbalize, money's my God. But you want to know how we make money our God? I'm just one purchase away from happiness. And God's going, no, no, joy comes from me. Are you hearing me on this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm just one vacation away from true satisfaction. And can I just pause here and tell you, as a person who in past years frivolous, frivolously went on every vacation I could, I can tell you I was still empty. Still filled with anxiety. Still dreading coming back from work. Because I replaced... God with something else. First and best. Are you, are, you, are you catching how this is not just about your money today? The lie that money is power tries to sell you that you're just one raise away from finally living out generosity. But can I tell you, and I said it last week, but I'll say it again, you're only going to do more of what you're already doing right now. There's a principle that I actually was privileged to learn at a really young age. And, and, and by the way, can I just say, every time I share a personal story up here, I, I mean it. It's not to like posture myself into brag, because here's the last thing I want to do is be up on a pedestal because the moment I mess up, y'all are going to hate when I fall off that pedestal, okay? So I, I, the last thing I want to do is prop myself up on something. But I, I want to also be able to share some stories with you. Is that okay? And, and, and so when I say I was privileged to learn some of what I'm about to share, I mean it. Like, and, and some of you, I don't want you to check out because maybe you're like, well, I wasn't privileged like you. I didn't have the father that you had. And, and, and can I actually just tell you something really quickly? And I just believe the Spirit of God is speaking to me right now to tell you this. Like, if you are the first person in your family line, then, then you are privileged today to start something new for the generations that are to come after you, okay? So you don't need, you don't, if you're here, and as I tell my story right now, you don't need to go, oh, well, I didn't grow up like that. I didn't get a dad like that. And, 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 and no, no, no. Can I tell you, if you're here and you're going, it stops with me, I'm telling you, you get to do what others have done for me and for the generations to come. Come on, I wish you would believe that in your heart today. And, and, and can I just go, can I just get prophetic for a second? And you might be here today and you might be going, well, I actually don't even have a family to do that. This is why the Bible says that he places the lonely in a family. So look around, look at your family. Look around and look at your grandparents. Look around, look at your grandpa, uh, your parents. Look around and look at those people that are going to speak into your life. Can I get an amen from somebody here this morning? So, so you're here and you're going, man, I, I, the story you're about to tell, Tony, I mean, that's cute and all, but that's not me. Can I tell you, you get a choice to go, it starts with me. And now I get to affect the generations that are coming after me. And I get to touch the, people, the lives around me with this kind of stuff. And I'm telling you this because what I'm about to share was taught by me, I mean, to, to me, by my father, 
who didn't get to hear the gospel of Jesus until he was 26 years old, sitting in a jail cell in Mexico. And if you don't know this, well, we're from Guatemalan descent. And if you don't know the tension that there's between Mexico and Guatemala, you can only imagine what he had just gone through as a Guatemalan in a prison in Mexico. And it's there that he hears the message of the gospel. And he goes, it ends with me, and I'm a result of this. Okay. Ooh. But my dad... Early on goes, and this is a principle I want to just deposit into you. I don't want you to miss it. Son, when you're faithful in little things, you'll be trusted in much. Yep. Yeah. Yes. My dad didn't just say that. Jesus in Luke 16 teaches, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Some of you are here today and you're going, God, why am I not being trusted with more? And I know this sounds harsh, but I would look to the scripture and go, have you been faithful with what is already in your hand now? Stay-at-home parents, are you simply wishing away this season? Or are you being faithful to the little ones that God has entrusted you with? Come on, uh, those of you that are in the grind right now, and you're, you're raising kids, you're raising teenagers, and you're going to work every day, and you're just trying to do your very best. Are you wishing away? Are you just dreaming of the days you get to take the RV and no longer deal with the, with the mess and the, and the stinky socks and everything else? Or are you being faithful? Hear me. Yeah. Faithful to go. These are, these are the blessings that God has given to me. That they're, that they're arrows I'm getting ready to send out into the world. Yeah. And that blesses the man whose quiver full, is full though, of these, right? Yeah. Or are you here and you're going, man, I'm on, I'm on the cusp of retirement. When I retire. Mm-hmm. Or are you being faithful yeah. with what's in your hands? Again, I've not gotten it right every step of the way. Oh, Lord knows that more than any of you guys know. And if you don't believe me, my, my sister who's grown up with me knows where I've messed up. My wife is here as well. But when I was nine years old, our family had just moved from Brazil to Guatemala. And everyone in my family is from Guatemala. I was the only one that happened to be born in the beautiful land of Brazil. Carioca da Gema. Anyway, it's just a little Portuguese for you. And I remember we were, we were, we were, in, uh, we were invited to a kids camp. By the way, this is why we believe in no junior Holy Spirit. Because yes. right. yeah. God will encounter you at whatever age you're at. Yes. And I, was, I was nine years old, invited to this thing. And as a pastor's kid, by the way, oh, by the way, yeah, that, that man who was sitting in a jail cell at 26 went on to plant five different churches throughout the world Praise and God. is still pastoring to this Praise day. God. And so he, as a pastor's kid, I had an attitude of, man, I've seen it all, done it all. And quite frankly, I probably had already seen most of it at that point. So I show up to this kid's camp, really, can I just be honest with you, with a really cruddy attitude. I'm like, whatever, like, you know. I've already seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of ministry at that point, too. And, and, and to top it all off, I could barely 
speak Spanish without a thick Portuguese accent, and now it's the opposite. I can only speak Portuguese with a thick Spanish accent. That's just the way life works. It's kind of a boomerang that way. That's neither here nor there. Let's get back on track with the story, Tony. And, um, you know, on top of it, I'm getting made fun of, kind of my accent and all that stuff. So I don't have very many friends. So I, I remember they, they did this um, altar call at the end. Um, you know, old school days, right? Early 90s. And, and so I didn't go up, you know, because I didn't want to. And, and everybody left. The service was over. And I, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you. I physically felt somebody grab me and I had no control and basically, like, put me up onto the altar. And, and I remember sitting there, and for the first time in my life, I was nine years old. And I can't explain it even to this day. I just felt the presence of God. And like, he was near to me. Like, he was close. And by the way, if you've never encountered the presence of God in this way, I just, it doesn't have to look the same way, but I just urge you, you can accept him as your Lord and Savior, but you also got to have an encounter with his yes. presence. Yes. Yes. It's got to change everything. I was nine years old, and I, I, I literally felt the Lord call me into ministry when I was nine years old. In that moment, I'm like, I have no idea what this looks like. I, and, and I just knew, like, this is, this is what I want. And from that moment forward, I, I'm not exaggerating. And again, my sister can tell you whether or not I'm lying to you or doing the whole pastoral exaggeration that many pastors do. <laughs> but from that moment on, all I wanted was to be in the house of God. Yeah. Wow. Like, that's all I wanted to do. Like every moment of every day, as after school, I'd ride my bike and I'd just sit there at the steps of the church. And I'd just, I just, I would just have these moments where I'm like, this is all I want. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what it would look like. And so I went to my dad and I said, Dad, this is all I want. Yeah. And he goes, let's start being faithful in the little things. Yeah. And so when I was 12, I wanted to play drums for the church. It's all, it's all I really kind of dreamt of as far as music goes was I just want to be a drummer. And, uh, and I was pretty darn good at it. There's a reason why my kids are good drummers, okay? I, I just gotta tell you that right now. I'm serious. I mean, if you could play through three hour long services like we did back in the day, you could play. And, um, and I remember the worship leader going, you gotta show up to rehearsals for two years faithfully every Thursday night. You're setting up the stage. You're cleaning the drum kit. You're tuning people's instruments. And then we'll talk about you being on the stage. And there are Sundays where, like, the drummer wouldn't show up. Because it was a Hispanic church, you guys. So, like, you say 10, he showed up at 1230. <laughs> and, um, and I'd be like, put me in, coach. Not yet. I remember my first paycheck from a church was to... Stain the windowsills of the sanctuary. I just remember going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stain the you know what out of these windows. <laughs> I mean, I taped it perfectly. And like, there was nothing, like, and I'm going, I'm just happy to be, and I just watched as God took my faithfulness in small things. By the way, this is not a brag. I just, I just wanna show, I just want you to see a real life application of what has God put in front of you? It may not be a pulpit and a microphone and, and the responsibility of the lead pastor leading a church, but what's God called you to and what does what he put in front of you now? Yeah. And every step of the way, I just remember being faithful to, to, to another man's vision, even though I didn't fully agree with everything. And then from there, I was hired on 
in a large church where I learned a ton of things, but I, I was a the, the, just I was a young buck that that had really basically no respect from a lot of people, and I was a I was a lockup guy, I was the AV guy, I was I was what no one wanted to be, and I just remember doing it as unto the Lord. And, and my friend, I, I'm not exaggerating. I just remember with all that was in me, I was like, God, I just want to be faithful. And I just remember watching God taking my faithfulness in small things and then little by little more and more responsibility would be added. And, and then five years ago, my wife and I, we showed up here at Legacy and we're like, this looks nothing like, by the way, it looked nothing like it does right now. And no, that's not a harp on what it used to be, but like, it wasn't this. And, and we're like, this looks nothing like what we thought, God. And he's like, this is what I'm putting in your lap, so be faithful to it. So we were faithful, and, and now we're seeing what God's doing. And, and can I tell you, God will do something when we have a yes in your heart. Can I tell you, if you're willing to just simply be faithful with what he's put in front of you. What's in your hands right now? This, is, this thing's been locked for 10 minutes. This isn't even in my notes. I didn't do this for a service. What's in your hands right now, my friend? And, 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 and there's just something about God going, I see your faithfulness in the small thing. Some of you today, you refuse to host a small group because you think your apartment's too small. And God's like, what did I give you? Well, when I get a house, I'm going to tell you, when you finally get a house, you'll be like me and Sophia and you'll look for property outside of the city. Because enough is never enough. What's God put in your hands right now? Yeah. Good. And will you be faithful to it? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. When you get more, you're just going to do more of what you're already doing right now. Yeah. So let me add to that and say, so start doing what God's asking you to do now with yes. what you've got. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Young person. Let me talk to you. You are the generation that will carry the next, the torch. And you might be sitting here and you're going, man, Tony, you're going long again. And if you're anything like a true legacy youth, the next generation person, you've already served in first service. Yeah. And can I tell you, God's going to honor that. Yes, he will. Yep. I mean, this is, this is who he is, y'all. But i got to challenge you and tell you, how will you ever be trusted with more things if you haven't been faithful, trustworthy, and honest with the things that he's put in your hands now? Yeah. Where do we go from here? As you guys watch me just clean my face, sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. Some of you today are going, okay, Tony, I'm actually already partnering with God. I'm already a giver. I, I've already got, like, I give him my time. I give him my, my money, my resource. I, my, my heart's intention is I'm leaning in. And, 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 and that's beautiful. And I just, wanna, I just want you to search your heart and go, how can you now begin to go above and beyond? Because the, the early church actually uh, would go above and beyond in alms and offerings. And, and in their hardest of times, they would look for ways to go above and beyond. In fact, this word generosity... 
by definition, is doing more than what's actually expected. And don't be distracted by the band coming up. They're just my time uh, telling me that I'm done. And, but, but I got to tell you a couple things here. And we won't get, it's okay, we won't get through all of it, but I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. Um, money is either a tool in the hands of the generous or it's a God in the heart of the greedy. Money can only be one of two things. And Jesus is clear. You can only serve one of two gods. And, and where your heart is there, there's your treasure. And he's talking about money. He's talking about giving. He's talking about generosity. And, and can I tell you, you can either look at money and relate with money as something that's either a tool in your hands or a God in your heart. And you're wondering who come up, came up with this quote because I usually quote C.S. Lewis or Charles Spurgeon. That's your boy Tony Nunez right there. Generosity kills greed and scarcity. I mean, we look at the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 24, and it says this, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Are you looking for ways to be generous? To allow generosity to be the one thing that comes to kill your greed? Or are you looking to live life closed fist, holding on to everything, acting like it's yours? I want to encourage you. Third thing, final thing I want to talk to you about today is this. is Because he gave, we're called to give as well. You know, John 3, 16, you all know this, but I want you to read it with a different perspective today. For this is how God loved the world. He gave. For this is how God loved the world. He gave. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. We love this scripture. It's a Hobby Lobby, y'all. It's on athletes, you know, cleats. It's on bumper stickers. It's, it's, it's tattooed on our bodies. But here's where I want to challenge you today. We can stand back and hear me on this church. We can stand back and admire what God did. And like I said at the beginning of today's sermon, we can either just sit back and admire what God did and what he's doing, or we can become imitators of God. And here's, and here's the thing. A lot of us get hung up on, on you know, 10% or tithe or this. And we talked about that last week, so I'm not going to go all the way into it. But, like, God didn't hold back at 10%. He gave his all. Right? Like, isn't that incredible? Like, because he loved me, he gave not just, like, a piece of himself or not just, like, here's, here's salvation through anything other than myself. No, here's my all in all. Accept the invitation to move from simply admiring God from afar and now becoming, to moving into being imitators of Him. I want to invite you today, will you imitate God in your life? That if we truly love Him and His bride the way He loves us and His bride, then our only reasonable response is to give in the way He 
Here's where I want to end. Because there's so much more I could say, and I know we are out of time, and I know kids have their rehearsal, and then we together are going to decorate this church together. Come on, because this is our church, and we're going to do it together as a family. Um, but I just want to give you a couple app applications. Is that okay? Yes. Just start somewhere. Don't, don't get hung up. Just start something. When it comes to beginning to give to the Lord through your local church, just start somewhere. And yet we understand this as I spoke last week. Like God's like minimum is that like that tithe, right? Is that by definition that 10%? And that doesn't make you any holier or less holier. It's not law. It's this response out of our heart. So if you're never given for just start somewhere and see what God will do. Right. If you're faithful in that, Will you be like the New Testament church and go above and beyond that? And go, oh, that's that's just the basics. We want more of God. We want to see more miracles. We want, we want to partner with God. In the, we want the great joy of the great journey of, of the excitement it is to live a generous, open-handed life. And, and, and here's, here's what I want to talk to you about really, really quickly. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And, and that's this. Some of you, you want to give of your time, but you can't because there's no margins in your life. Like you, the reason why you can't help that neighbor that whose car is broken down is because you're rushing off to your next thing. The reason why you don't have time to barely even make it to church is because you're just, this is just your one free weekend a month. And, and, and can I just very lovingly and calmly tell you, um, create some margin in your life. Leave some space in your calendar. I'm giving it to you very practically. When it comes to your time. Don't be so caught up in doing so much that you can't do the things you're called to do. In other words, somebody wise, wiser and more handsome than me once told me, in order to say yes to something, you've got to learn how to say no to the wrong things. So you can say yes to the right things. And some of you, I believe it's in your heart. You want to serve. You want to give. You want to give of your time. You want to give up your tithes and offerings. You want, to, you want to live this life that I've just preached about. But what's holding you back is there's no margin. And I just want to encourage you will, you. will you create the margin? Okay. I'm done. Did you get something out of today? Yeah. Okay. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. The band is going to um, sing a... Just a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, we went a little old school today, and that's okay. Uh, it's just, yeah, we're going to let this song um, do its thing. I, I won't even set it up. But here's what I want you to do is I, I'd love for you to just let the song be sung over you. And I just want you to take some time in your seats just to reflect. And, and as the song is being played and ministered, um, whatever God puts on your heart to do, whether you need to go and get some prayer or you can at any time during the song, leave your seat and go over to the prayer corner. You can come and celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ at each communion table that's up here and one in the back. You can pray. You can give God's glory. Give of Him. Give your life over to Him. But uh, here's what I, I want you to do. I just want you to just take some time, though. Before you respond, I want you to sit with this song for a second and ask the Holy Spirit to, to prompt in your heart what your response is today. All of us have a response. So I just want to offer you that time, that space to really sit with that. And I'll come up to close us out. But let's
let's go ahead and let the worship team sing this song and whatever God puts on your heart to respond with Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com, or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.